Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Mans McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm a senior entertainment editor at Today.com. I'm Kristen Evans, a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we're setting up Nicole Brinkley, bookseller and manager at Oblong Books in Rhinebeck, New York, and host of the Miss Shelved podcast. Nicole read and recently loved Year of the Witching and A Spindle Splintered, and she's Oblong's resident specialist for kids and sci-fi fantasy books. She loves Autumn and is impressed by other people's generosity with their friends. She could give an on-the-spot TED Talk about why frontline booksellers should make more money. We also agree. And how Slenderman has big arms for big hugs. She's looking to expand her reading list outside of her usual genres, and we're more than happy to help. We'll use our extremely scientific process of examining answers to dating questions like these to help make a match with a great book. Nicole, welcome. Hi. I totally forgot that I wrote that about Slenderman, and I'm delighted (laughs) with past self. You were feeling especially um, cozy, with the creatures that day. You are officially the first bookseller we've ever had on the podcast. So thank you for taking up that mantle. We have a couple questions for you in that role. How do you match people up with a perfect book when they come into the store? We take like days to look through everybody's recommendations and stuff and it takes a while. So how do you do that on the spot? It's not that different than what you do. I just have to do it at a much faster rate. I often ask people, what was the last book you read that you loved? What kind of book are you in the mood for? Things that you asked me about in my little dating questionnaire. I just have to know my store well enough to be able to do it and get them suggestions really quickly. What do you like about running a book podcast on top of doing that work in the store? Because, you know, running a bookstore isn't enough. You have to do all the things. (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely love connecting people with books and with bookstores and with stories that matter to them. And one of the reasons I started Misshelved, which launched at the beginning of, of 2021 at the, you know, not the peak of the pandemic, but pretty, pretty heavy into it, was that booksellers know books almost better than anybody else in my experience, right? And every time you go into an independent bookstore, you're going to get different recommendations and you're going to find different booksellers that you vibe with. And I wanted in a time that you couldn't get to bookstores physically to still be able to find booksellers who you connected with and who you wanted to read their recommendations. And listening to books so listening to booksellers chat with their favorite authors seemed like a great way to be able to connect people from across the country with booksellers they might not have been able to meet otherwise. I love that. What are some of the challenges of finding what to read next? In my experience, it is less the challenge of finding what to read next and more narrowing down what to read next, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because there's so many good books and my to read stack is so large. And that's just within the genres I normally read, right? Like 
now that I'm getting interested more in romance and in horror and with genres outside of what I've read for the past decade of my life, I'm like, wait, I have all of these books to read and now there's a whole new territory? Where am I going to find the time? I always say I never feel my mortality more than when I'm in a bookstore because I look around (laughs) and I'm like, oh my gosh, there will never be enough time. There should be like a one lifetime reserved for just reading all the books that you didn't get to in the one before. (laughs) Totally agree with that. Yes. (laughs) It reminds me of that episode of Twilight Zone where in the afterlife, this person or like at the end of the universe, this person gets a full chance to read any book that they've been waiting for and then their glasses break. It's the worst yes. episode. My heart breaks every time. Dream and then nightmare. Yeah. This is the reason why before the apocalypse happens, you need to make sure to get Lasix. Like <laughs> this, <laughs> that is the only reason. But if you, have, if you do have glasses, then you could, did you ever read Lord of the Flies and Piggy starts the fire with his glasses? And I was a kid with glasses and I'm like, see, I am useful. I am cool. So the glasses are also useful. <laughs> For starting a fire, I'm just saying, see, maybe reading fiction can help you survive the apocalypse. The end. Elena, <laughs> you're going to be more used during the apocalypse than just for your classes. <laughs> yeah, I'll be storyteller. Gather around the fire and I'll give you book recommendations. We'll go for it. Oh, man. Anybody have any other questions for Nicole before we move on? Nicole, when someone comes into your bookstore and you give them a book recommendation that's really good and you can tell they like it, how does it make you feel to match people up with books that you know they're going to like? It is the best feeling in the world. It is what makes holiday retail manageable, right? Like giving people books that you can tell their kids are going to love or that they're going to love and like watching their eyes light up. You're like, I've done something powerful today. Like I've given them something that might change their life. And that's amazing and incredibly addicting. I love that answer and I can't wait to get into our recommendations today. Not saying they're going to be life-changing, but also, you know, maybe a little bit. We hope so. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) So Nicole, over the next two rounds, we'll each introduce you to books that we love. So we get points based on how much you like the book we set you up on. So you win no matter what with some great recommendations, but one of us will win by being this week's best matchmaker. So if we win, we get to play for favorite indie bookstores. Now, of course, we're shouting out Oblong Books today, but none of us is promising to play for that store just to keep things fair and even. That's so, fair. I'm playing for Oblong. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so today I'm going to be playing for Unabridged Bookstore in Chicago. Elena, who are you playing for? I'm playing for the Lit Bar in the Bronx. Mm. And Kristen, who are you playing for? I'm playing for Pilsen Community Books, also in Chicago. Um, they're they're a great uh, worker-owned collective bookstore. So this is a great Chai Town uh, recommendation episode. Yes, you inspired me. I was like, I haven't talked about Pilsen yet. (laughs) Okay, Nicole, get ready for your literary meet cute. Elena, let's hear about your first pick. So I feel like I should whisper when I talk about my first pick because it's pretty much flammable. It's the kind of book that you read and immediately want to pass on to people who long for incendiary romance or honestly just to feel things. I sort of equate it to a medical device that can get your heart beating again because that's what it did for me. Long intro, but the book 
is Neon Gods by Katie Robert. It came out earlier this year. It's the start of a series set in a modern version of Olympus, with humans occupying the positions of the traditional 12 gods as well as other mythological figures. The series follows the four daughters of Demeter, who occupy a perilous position between celebrity and target because it's really dangerous to be a god in this world. So in the book, Persephone is arranged to marry Zeus and assume the position of Hera, which is not the blessing it seems because all of his past wives have died under mysterious circumstances. Facing what is a sure death, she runs away across the bridge to the lower city, rumored to be ruled by Hades, a man never before seen by the people of the upper city. So begins a romance set in a dark house with a glowering yet sensitive man and many risque parties a la Eyes Wide Shut. For all its steaminess, the book has a tender core. Persephone is upheld by her relationships with her sisters, which reflect what you say are your favorite qualities in a friend. I personally can't resist a retelling, and your love for the Sleeping Beauty retelling a spindle splinter tells me you might feel the same way. I appreciated how Neon Gods takes cues from the original myths, but wholly reinvents them. In addition to telling a steamy as hell story, literally, because Hades is, you know, main character, Robert is deft at world building. She illustrates the power dynamics of an intricate society without much exposition. By the end, I was hungering for more stories set in this world. Luckily, the second book is coming out next year. My only warning is to get your Kindle ready or get whatever you use to buy books ready because once you read your first book by Katie Robert, you will not want to stop reading about her strong women and the people who love them. And that is Neon Gods by Katie Robert. Okay, so Elena's first pick is Neon Gods by Katie Robert. All right, Kristen, let us know your first round pick. All right. My first pick is an anthology called My Mother, She Killed Me, My Father, He Ate Me, 40 New Fairy Tales. It's edited by Kate Bernheimer, who is one of our premier fairy tale experts and enthusiasts. She is an incredibly inventive novelist in her own right, as well as the editor of the Fairy Tale Review, which is a really great literary journal. And actually, this logic is sort of like why I wanted to recommend this anthology to you in the first place. Because you're interested in reading more horror and romance and speculative literary fiction, these fairy tale retellings are going to offer you a taste of all of those genres. What's more, every single contributor to this book is a massively talented writer with an established career, which means if you fall in love with one of these stories, you're going to have a window into so many other books to love. For example, we have Joy Williams on the Baba Yaga myth, Alyssa Nutting retelling the Juniper Tree, Sarah Shunyan Bynum's The Earl King, which is one of the centerpiece stories of her new collection, Likes. I could just go on and on. It's a, honestly like a who's who in this collection. So everyone is also incredibly talented on the level of their sentences. So it's going to give you that literary fiction feeling that you're curious about exploring a little bit more, even though each of these writers are embracing a tradition that is not straight literary realism. So I think this is the nexus of the kind of writing you're looking for. And I hope you pick up and enjoy My Mother, She Killed Me, My Father, He Ate Me, 40 New Fairy Tales. Okay, so Kristen's first round pick is My Mother, She Killed Me, My Father, He Ate Me, 40 New Fairy Tales. Okay, so for my first round pick, you state that in your questionnaire you love generous friends and want to visit Scotland someday. You also say that you consider yourself a romantic and think that you were born in the right time period. So all of these ideas lead me to a book series that lets you be a generous and loving person around eminently romantic and imaginative people but still stay in your own time. 
plus kilts. So my first rec to you is the latest in Jen DeLuca's Renfair rom-com series set at Willow Creek called Well Matched. The heroine is grumpy and the hero is Sunshine and they're friends. So he is a gym teacher and coach who also dons a kilt and a Scottish accent every summer for the town's Renaissance Festival. And she's the soon to be empty nester who's too jaded to take part in the fun. So when he asks her to pretend to be his girlfriend for a family reunion in exchange for helping her fix up her house to sell, sparks fly. This book is the ultimate cinnamon roll hero with brains and brawn and tons of banter on top. DeLuca's novels are like settling into a bubble bath with a big glass of mead or in this case cider. I cannot recommend this book enough. Um, You can absolutely read this one first without ruining anything in the series. So if kilts are your fancy, don't delay and pick up Well Matched. Okay, so for your first round picks, we have Elena's pick, which is Neon Gods by Katie Robert. Kristen's first round pick, My Mother, She Killed Me, My Father, He Ate Me, 40 New Fairy Tales, edited by Kate Bernheimer. Or my first round pick, Well Matched by Jen DeLuca. What sounds good to you, Nicole? Oh, you guys don't make it easy. All right. That's our specialty. (laughs) I I love it. Okay. So I'm going to take you through my, my thinking here. All right. So of the three of these, being a bookseller, the only one that was actually fully new to me was the anthology, My Mother, She Killed Me, uh, My Father, He Ate Me. And it sounds fascinating. However, there is one thing that is a problem with me as a human in particular. I am awful at reading anthologies because the way my brain works is I read one short story in an anthology, and I love short stories. I read them online all the time. But once I read it in an anthology, my brain goes, oh, you finished the short story. It must mean you're done with the book. And it just processes that we've completed this, and it's done now. And I'll be like, no, there's so many more good books. There's there's more stories in there. I want to read those. And it's like, no, no, no. We've mentally taken this off the to-read pile now. So it sounds fascinating and so good. But I think I would like, if I did choose it, I'd have to like dissect it into many little books. And that sounds like a craft project I'm not personally ready for yet. So that brings it down to Neon Gods and Well Matched. And both of these books I am familiar with, and I believe are actually galleys that I have sitting in my room somewhere because we got them at the bookstore and I took them home in the hopes that one day I would have time to read more romance. And only now am I finally getting around to it. That's a tough competition between these two because I'm reading Lore Olympus for the first time right now. So I'm really into the Hades Persephone retellings right now. But also... My ultimate long-term goal for Oblong is to become the official bookstore of the New York Renaissance Fair. It's like my pet project to try to find a way to get in there. And so I think with that in mind, I have to go with Well Matched because I'm a sucker for Renaissance Fair stories and I love the Renaissance Fair so very much. Yes. You can't see me, but I'm punching the air right now, (laughs) like actually punching the air. (laughs) It w- it's a hot competition and like Neon Gods is real close, especially with the mood I'm in right now. But I, I think long term, my heart would have to go with Well Matched. Awesome. Okay. So after the first round, um, Elena and Kristen aren't on the board just yet, but they are, I- I've seen their picks for round two and I'm a little nervous, but I am on the board with 20 points. All right. We're going to break for a second and then we're going to come back with a brand new round of picks to surprise and interest you.
All right. Welcome back to round two of Blind Date with a Book. We're here with Nicole Brinkley, bookseller and manager at Oblong Books, and we are setting her up with some new recommendations. So let's get right to it. Elena, share with us your round two pick. Awesome. Okay. So there was one summer in high school, I spent reading all of the great works of magical realism. In the books, characters suddenly would sprout green hair or start flying. And I loved thinking of what the world might look like if that kind of possibility were always around the corner. That's why I was delighted to find out that the inheritance of Orquidea Divina by Zoraida Cordova borrows from that tradition and yet feels decidedly modern. Cordova is the author of the YA novel series, The Brooklyn Brujas, and this is her equally magical adult debut, which came out in 2021. Orquidea Divina, the titular character and matriarch of the Montoya family, is my kind of diva. Her long life has included five marriages, many children, and a long trek from Ecuador to the U.S., outrunning her mysterious past. Now, in her final act, she summoned her many ancestors back to their home to witness her death. And it's not a typical passing. She's literally turning into a tree. Before she does, though, she passes on gifts to her ancestors in the form of seeds. But like what is often passed down through the generations, gifts can seem like curses at first. And so the main characters must learn to wield the magic their grandmother has given them. The book is sweeping, flipping back between Orquidea's childhood in early 20th century Ecuador and the present day United States, where her grandchildren try to unravel the truth of their grandmother. As it goes on, you learn to accept all of the instances of strangeness, flowers blossoming from f- flesh, talking fish, fallen stars with personalities. And in this way, you too become a, a part of the Montoya family, where the divine is only to be expected. While the book uses magical plot devices, It's really about the weight of family secrets and the catharsis of bringing the truth to light. It puts the real in magical realism. That is The Inheritance of Orquidea Divina by Zoraida Cordova. Elena's second round pick is The Inheritance of Orquidea Divina. Okay, Kristen, let us know your second round pick. Okay, we're still in the middle of official spooky season. Although knowing me, like I would make an argument that spooky season lives in your heart all year round. (laughs) You can always find it. But since it's it's in November at the time of recording. I thought I would recommend one of my favorite literary horror novels, White is for Witching by Helen Oyeyemi. The Silvers live in the seaside town of Dover, England, right on the edge of its famously soaring white chalky cliffs. And when Miranda's mother dies unexpectedly on vacation in Haiti, Miranda begins hearing voices and develops a condition called pika in which she compulsively eats the same chalky mineral that her hometown is famous for. In addition to Miranda's narrative, Oyeyemi weaves together many other voices, Miranda's twin, Elliot, her college friend, Ore, and even the house where Miranda and Elliot grew up, 29 Barton Road. By giving the house itself like a racist consciousness and a chilling narrative (laughs) voice, Oyeyemi delivers one of the strangest but most compelling stories about haunting that I have ever read. The novel also touches on dysmorphia, grief, and the difficult ties of family and place. How can you settle in a homeland or a home that seems to actively want to reject or harm you? It's a deeply unnerving book as much as it is a beautiful and strangely constructed one. So if you're looking for a new kind of literary adventure, a new kind of literary horror novel, I really recommend it. Okay, so Kristen's round two pick is White is for Witching by Helen Oyeyemi. Okay, mine is completely different. If if this were Monty Python, I'd be saying, and now for something completely different. And that would actually be a fitting transition into this particular book. So you seem to love books that take spins on familiar tales. And your questionnaire gave me the notion that maybe you aren't in the mood for sad and may even be open to something a little silly. I also thought that with your giant knowledge in sci-fi and fantasy, you'd appreciate the weird and wonderful world that 
Delilah Dawson and Kevin Hearn put together if you haven't read it yet. So Kill the Farm Boy is an absolute romp that reminds me of Terry Pratchett in the best ways. So this hilarious fantasy novel deconstructs and skewers tropes, raises up characters of color and LGBTQ leads, and makes you snort laugh. The adventure gets weirder and sillier with lots of Easter eggs for fantasy friends. Everyone needs an escape at any time of year, but especially in a new year. And this story of a very weird and wonderful chosen one and their adventures make a great choice. Okay, so your round two picks are The Inheritance of Orchidia Divina by Zorida Cordova, Kristen's Pick, which is White is for Witching by Helen Oyeyemi, or my pick, Kill the Farm Boy by Delilah Dawson and Kevin Hearn. So what are you in the mood for, Nicole? Well, first, we've got to get some points on the board for Kristen. White is for Witching is the book that made me realize I wanted to read more literary horror. I loved that book. It's so good. So good. So creepy. So strange. Uh, it is a staff pick at my bookstore and I sell a ton of it. So you oh, hit the nail right on the head with that one. That makes me so happy. I've loved Helen Oyemi for so long. And just like knowing that you're out there just selling those copies <laughs> makes me beyond thrilled. That does make it easier because I get to eliminate one because I'm, I'm already in love with it. So that leaves Kill the Farm Boy and The Inheritance of Artidia Divina. Both of these I have heard of before. I have not read either of them yet. And they have such very different tones. I do love like the whimsy of Kill the Farm Boy. As, I, I, as most of you are, I am a big fan of The Princess Bride. But for the mood I'm in right now... And especially with my love of family stories as well, I think I have to go with The Inheritance of Arcadia Divina, especially because I've read Zoraida's Brooklyn Brujas series and really enjoyed that one as well. No, when I saw Lena had that down, I was like, oh, fantastic. I even commented on our outline. I was like, oh, it's such a good one. And it's really good on audio if you need a break from paper versions. It's really good on audio. I do need more audiobooks. And for any listeners who don't already know, uh, Libro.fm is an audiobook service that partners with independent bookstores. So if you want digital audiobooks but don't want to be supporting Audible, that is absolutely an option for you. So I'm going to have to go check it out on Libro. Yeah, I think I didn't listen to it on audiobook. I just finished reading it. But a lot of stuff happens in it. Like an event happens per page. So I imagine it would be fun to listen to because you won't, there's not really that much like lulling time. A lot of stuff happens. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm excited that you chose it. I'm very excited. Where this leaves us at the end of round two is we have a very close game. Elena has 20 points. Kristen's on the board with her great pick that you've already read with 10 points. And I also am tying with Elena for 20 points. So what we're going to do in this occasion is if you were on an actual dating site and you saw two people that you were equally attracted to, you'd probably pick the more a hot person. So we are going to be describing our book covers of those two winning picks. <laughs> and you are going to pick based on the book cover, literally choose a book by its cover. So if you want to open up a browser window so you can look at the book covers while we also describe them, that would be great. So we're going to pull up Well Matched, which luckily only has one cover. That'll make it easy. And then The Inheritance of Orchidia Divina. All right, Nicole. So the cover of Well Matched fits along perfectly with the rest of the series for Willow Creek. It is a light blue cover with sort of whimsical font 
um, in different shades of blue and pink and red. There's little illustrations of a paintbrush, a sword, an axe, and cupcakes, all kinds of things that appear throughout the book that you get to go and find is like, oh, this is a fun surprise after you've gotten to that part of the book. The center point of the book, though, is our hero in a kilt. And trust me, he looks adorable. And our heroine, who has a very skeptical look, definitely leads you to understand that she's a grumpy heroine and a cute pair of heels and pants. So the look between them is already scorching. You can tell that it's going to be a banter-filled, fun book. So that is the cover for Well Matched by Jen DeLuca. All right. So the cover of The Inheritance of Orquidia Divina kind of looks like I don't know. It reminds me of American Horror Story Murder House because it has the same color palette. But in in the center is a woman with just this like she's an illustrated woman, but she's very transfixing. Like she's Mona Lisaing you. She, her eyes follow you. And throughout the cover, there are themes from the book. So her hair, her long black hair connects to the stars. And that definitely ties into things. No spoilers. And then in the background, there are flowers, which also ties into the gifts that the ancestors get from their grandmother. And in the middle of her throat, she has something growing out of it, which also is a plot point. And none of these things I knew when I first looked at the book. So it's kind of cool looking back and saying, what a clever cover design. Um, But I think this is really striking. And I love the new trend of illustrated covers, but I like where it's going next. And I think that this kind of reminds me of where it's going next. It, it's it's just in between photograph and illustration and it's, it's transfixing. All right, Nicole. So which book would you choose just simply based on its cover? So as somebody who thinks covers are extremely important because covers are like the first, they're the first marketing material you get for a book is how people get drawn to them on a bookstore shelf. As as somebody who makes a lot of books face out just because the covers are really pretty, they're actually super important. It's not vain to choose books based on their cover. It means somebody at the publishing house has done something right. These two books have very different vibes on their cover because on one hand, we have The Inheritance of Arcadia Divina, which is just like beautiful, very classically beautiful. It's got flowers. It's got hummingbirds on it. The The colors are striking and gorgeous. And on the other hand, we have Well Matched, which is very like, it fits with the romance genre, right? Like the colors, everything about it. And also it has weaponry. And I, who own a sword, three daggers, and a machete, do approve of that. <laughs> so it's a hard... So it's a hard pick because I love both of them. But I think if I were walking through my own bookstore, I think the one that I would be called to first that would strike me more is The Inheritance of Arcadia Divina. That's honest. I totally get that. (laughs) So where that leaves us is that our only non-Chicago bookstore, The Lit Bar, will be getting linked to in our show notes today. And Elena is our champion. Congratulations, Aletta. It, it really, it really is the cover speaking for me. I mean, it is an enchanting cover for an enchanting read. But I, I hope you enjoy reading all of the books we recommended, or whichever whichever ones you you are into. But I, I do think you will have some fun nights if you I dive am, in. <laughs> I'm very excited to read them all. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope that your reading goes well. And you'll have to update us afterwards. So, where can we find you on the internet, and what's the link for Oblong's uh, website? Yeah, so you can find me 
on Instagram at N.E. Brinkley. And you can find my podcast, uh, Michelved, at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. It's super fun if you love independent booksellers as much as the three of you guys do to you listeners out there. I know you'll have a great time listening and also add a lot more recommendations to your lists, just as, just as I did today. You can also support my bookstore, Oblong Books, which is a family-owned independent bookstore in the Hudson Valley by going to oblongbooks.com, where you can order all of these books, uh, including my staff pick, White is for Witching, which uh, gets double thumbs up from us here today. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Um, okay, <laughs> so Elena, where can we find you on the internet, winner? You can <laughs> winner. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at at Elena Wonders, and you can find me on Instagram under the same handle, and also at Books and Elena. And for our forever spooky season queen, Kristen, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at at Paper Alphabet P A P E R Alphabet, and I am also on Twitter at. R.M. McKenney or on Instagram at Rachel Mans McKenney. You can also find all the books we talked about today in our show notes and the, linning, the, the links will go to our winning bookstore. Find our show online at blinddatewiththebookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books that you've fallen in love with recently. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mans McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mans McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.